Welcome to Global Citizen Life. On the podcast today, we have Nathalie Salas, global real estate expert and SEO of Unicorn Properties, originally from Peru and raised in Madrid, Spain. With a strong base in Chicago since 2005 and Mexico since 2020, she's established herself as a trusted figure in the industry. Combining her tech background with a passion for construction and design, Nathalie offers innovative solutions to inter international real estate challenges. She specializes in prop tech, AI, eco-living, making her a driving force for positive change in the industry. With a vast network of 89,000 members and spanning 24 countries, her mission is to empower local realtors to become global agents and revolutionize the international real estate landscape. Well, thank you very much for joining us today and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sally. I was looking forward to it. So uh, quite a, a bit of a diverse background, which makes it um, perfect for the show. So born in Peru, raised in Madrid and and living in Chicago. So at what age did you move to Madrid and then relocate to Chicago? Um, I was five and it was in the 80s. And the reason we left was um, Peru had a lot of issues back then, political issues and uh, terrorism and all that crazy stuff that happened you know, in South America. So my dad got an opportunity to work in Spain and he moved us all through his work. Oh, great. And so how many years did you spend in Spain and how or why did you then go to the United States? Well, I was very little. So yeah. So wherever my dad went, we had to go, right? <laughs> so okay. when for his work, uh, we were there about six years. So all my elementary school was there. And after that, my dad got transferred back to Peru because back when they were laying out all the networks, my dad is a telecommunications engineer. He had to, he was responsible for a lot of that. So we were back to South America and I did high school there. Um, okay. So so I was still little. <laughs> yes. Okay. And then, so how did the United States come about? Same thing, my dad. <laughs> Same thing. I was going to high school, uh, entering the university in Peru, which I, pl I was planning to stay there. Communications. Uh -huh. And um, my first year was engineering because my dad is an engineer and, you know, engineer parents are like, you should be an engineer. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be an engineer, but I did one year. So failed badly, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I learned so much, you know, the technology side of things. Um, but then I went to communications and that's a career I, I kind of followed when I came to the U.S. My dad moved here, well, tra got transferred here uh, in 2005. So I was 21 back then. 2021 and it was the beginning of you know my my years as an adult and and it was good uh, you know having the transition of my parents but then that I'm moving out of the country in two three years after that because they didn't like the winter in Chicago so I was like okay now we're here with my sister and then after that I stayed in Chicago for a long time since 2005 I've been here um well this is kind of the home base and then after mm -hmm. that um, I was exploring to see where I would like to go in other cities within the U.S. But I think, I mean, Chicago has almost everything that you need if you're a professional, you know, in your 20s. Yeah. So I had something about, I had a job after a job and I was in technology. Uh, so I I stay here and I didn't find out, you know, a why to live uh, until the pandemic came. And I was like, 
finally some a reason to you know maybe like work remotely full time because I was working mm -hmm. half remotely, and it was very helpful to have that uh, remote. Um, even before pandemic, it was like maybe three days a week I had to be in the office, but Friday and Saturday, Thursday and Friday I will have uh, those two days to work remotely, and I will travel you know from Wednesday night to Sunday to somewhere in the U.S. or somewhere quick that I can you know come back from Monday office. But I think the technology piece that I was working on in the, in the past helped me a lot on what I'm doing right now. Because before I was like, it's just technology, it's tech, I'm a project manager, you know, work with developers and um, corporations. So it was kind of the, uh, how, how do I get out of the system, right? Like I was like dependent on that. Mm. Check. It was good. Uh, I had my network here in Chicago. It was pretty big in every aspect. I created... My first, I think it was my first um, media agency, photography and video agency when I was 25, because I was always kind of had the bug of like, okay, I have my full-time job, but what am I doing, you know, um, to, mm -hmm. I mean, extra time. So what, what am I supposed to do with nights and weekends? And my, my, my dad was an entrepreneur as well. He's, he was in corporate, but he loved investing in real estate since I was little. And I didn't understand what he was, you know, saying to us. So we were like maybe 12 or 10 or 12 when I was, he would cut us down and be like, hey, should I buy this building or that building? I'm like, well, I don't know. And he will do the math with us. And I had, I had zero okay. idea. Like, um, I don't know what it is. This one. <laughs> and then he's like, okay. <laughs> so it was it was interesting being part of the decision. Uh, my, my dad was not a millionaire, but he will work on his, you know, like his same side gig. Like, so that's, I grew up with that, you know, infusion of Okay, so you have your nine to five, but what what do you do on your free time? Because I think what we do with mm -hmm. our there's so much of where we're gonna head to. So, so so yeah, it was kind of like inspiring since I was little. He did investments in Peru, and and then he, I saw his investment going like double the price, and I had no idea. I didn't understand much, but I was like, well, if it's double, it's a good deal, right? So then we kind of like he'll walk us through the process of. Uh, what is buying you know pre-sale before it gets built it's in a project is the risk you take but you can also not get built and then you can lose all your money and Peru was not stable like to trust everybody there but it was kind of a good a good like initiation into my what I do mm -hmm. right now but I didn't know I would end up here in the space of real estate full-time now that I'm you know I transitioned to to this it's been like two three years in 2020 and and I didn't know I would just you know, quit corporate and do this what I love full time. That I I and it came from way back then, and I I had to pull it back. I'm like, oh, I knew about this from when I was little, but I didn't pay attention to it. So now I just kind of that's where it's, I am. It's interesting how sometimes things in our life, I say, come full circle, right? We we do it or we know or we're aware, and maybe we're into it for a bit and then we were not, or it was always kind of there and we weren't really into it. And then it comes back around. It's like, Oh, I remember from years ago doing things or, or learning things. So I, I say things kind of come around full circle. So before we get into a little bit of, of what you do, because I do want to talk about that because it's really important. So I know that you do spend your time now between um, Chicago and Mexico. Is that correct? Yes. So yeah. Riviera Maya. Okay. And so um, for a lot of people, what let, let's talk just briefly a little bit about the quality of life differences and cost of living differences between the two. That's my favorite topic. And that's why I'm so excited to, to do what I do. And that gave me the strength to just be like, I want to do this full time because we can change people's lives. And maybe I didn't realize, you know, why I should live a big city. 
and nobody will convince me otherwise right when I was in my 20s they're like yeah you should there is the best city in you know in the U.S. blah 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 so I was like there's no reason right and and until you get uncomfortable you know you're not moving from where you are and at least I, I didn't move from from where I was it was comfortable and then uh it became uncomfortable with the pandemic um mm-hmm. so the reason we went to Mexico to start with and cost of living especially uh because when I saw my numbers in the U.S. I will work my ass off sometimes to pay my bills and my bills will include my mom's caregiver and my mom had a stroke since 2009 and she couldn't walk after that so here we are in 2020 10 years later and um she has no help from the government so i'm paying the caregiver out of pocket i at least three thousand a month so i'm working all this much to pay all this much not only my bills and everything but it's the caregiver and Mm -hmm. i was like I'm like spinning my wheels. I mean, like, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to go for money. I mean, like, what else? I mean, like, I, I'm going up in my ladder, in the you know corporate ladder, like maybe three to four percent a year increase, uh, and then I have to justify the three percent. I'm like, okay, so, and then with the taxes, it goes down again. I'm like, okay, why did I work so much to come down again? So I, I found myself in like this middle point, and I was spinning mm-hmm. my wheels. It's like, okay, um, pandemic. I mean, like, we couldn't have anybody coming into the house. And it was insane for my sister and I. So it was just my sister and I taking care of my mom, working full time, you know, being stuck in, in our condo was a three bath, two bath in the city. And it, it's big enough for the city, but it's very small for two, one year of living, you know? <laughs> right, and then, right. And I, I didn't have my expense for the caregiver, but I was burned out. So then yes. I, we decided to go to take a break, to go to Mexico to see what happened. You couldn't travel back then. We're like, we're going to cover my mom, like, you know, we're going to, you said we had just to live here right now. And I didn't real I wasn't expecting to see what I found, you know, somewhere else. Uh and then that was when we had the realization that you can breathe here, you know, in, uh, we, we ended up in uh Acumal, which is between Playa del Carmen and Tulum, right in the middle. Okay. It's where the most of the turtles come to lay the, their eggs. Oh so it's, nice. It's an amazing scene to just watch. And mm-hmm. Watching those moments of like pause and calmness, I, I wanted to cry. I was like, oh my God, how did I miss this all this all my life? And because I'm hustling, making a hundred to spend 99 and mm-hmm. everything. And then here, our caregiver at that point was like a fraction of what I was paying in the US, of course. You know, US labor is very expensive. So I think my caregiver uh, will come happily to work for $600 a month. And the minimum wage in Mexico is 300. So if you give them double, they're super happy. And even then mm-hmm. I was, you don't have to do anything, just hang out with my mom. But mm-hmm. she was working above and beyond. And I, I didn't understand. I was like, mommy, I should raise, I, mean, I, I don't know how, how to feel because you don't, sometimes when you're used to being helped by somebody else in the house, it's hard to take it in, right? Like you're like, right. you would, like, like, I don't know. I don't know how to say, but justify, like make up for it because- mm-hmm. Sometimes I cannot receive. That's my issue that I'm still working on. But the receiving part of things was very hard for me. And I realized that then. And then I started receiving more, you know, from nature, from the beach, from from the pause of like, my mom is okay. Now we can take a break. We can do a mini trip down the street, you know, like, it's not like we are always, you know, she's going to fall. And all these little things that I didn't know I had. And then when I, you know, had, the, you know, experienced all this, I was like, how did I live my life? Like in this stress zone. And and I could have just explored a little bit more until the, and, and the pandemic kind of flipped the, the, the switch. And it's like, 
no, this is the life I want to live now. And I don't see my life any other way. So I came back to, to Chicago mostly to, to wrap up some things, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. I still have some rentals and I do Airbnb investments and I run them. So it was kind of like, how do I co- compress all that to the minimum of that? I don't have to mm. be here, outsource a lot and have, you know, people that can take care of property management. At that point, I was doing everything, like from the buying, fixing, renting. And I was getting like, I wasn't losing my mind. And that's on top of my, my full-time job. So wow. I would wow. that extra, all that extra money. So tax, and not even, you know, taxes. Let's, if, we, mm. if we talk about taxes, we're like, I'm losing my mind because... My property taxes here is like a rent almost like you pay, you know, maybe some people pay a thousand per month just in property taxes. And that's kind of a rent on all your expenses when you live in a different country. And then right. I was like, why people do this? And then as I was changing my mindset, mm-hmm. I understood that life is not that difficult. We make it difficult. I made it difficult for myself because I didn't see any other way. So my property taxes in Mexico are $200 a year. And it's same size of my condo here, seven thousand a year. So I was like, two hundred or seven thousand. I'm like, I'm moving out. Big difference. It's a big difference. And then you know, with the pandemic happening, all the you know influx of money coming into out of the system, and then has to come back into the system. The properties are the ones that suffer the most. The property owners, so they know that you cannot live. You're tied up to that system. So it's not like you can take out your house and leave to Mexico. It's like they know you. They know they got you. So that's what they took the most money from. I was like, I was, I was like, this is that's making no sense. So I'm, I turned my unit that I lived at in full Airbnb. So I'm like, okay. if you pay yourself, it justifies the tax, but I don't want to pay tax out of pocket to keep a place. Right. So yeah, I kind of like shrink all my expenses, minim- like very minimalistic, shrink everything to like one condo that we live right, like one come here to Chicago. Like we have everything here. So I'll just stop as we transition to other places. But Mexico, like the mindset was kind of like a really realizing that, that there is more to life than just working and then working for money and spending almost 90% of your money on living expenses. Yeah, it's really interesting um, when people start to look into moving abroad and not just travel because when you're when you're traveling and you're on vacation you're renting an airbnb you're staying at hotels you're you're paying like tourist prices you pay more than what locals pay for everything so once you really start to look at things from a local perspective and and away from the tourism stuff it's incredible how much cheaper things are abroad i mean i i have it's just a very small condo in montenegro and my, I got a, a utility bill. This is going to sound really bad, but I've, I've been gone for several months. And here again, it's not like North America where if you, you have to pay every month or, or in three months, they're going to disconnect your services. Like they don't do that here. So I haven't paid my electricity. I just got a bill today because I've been waiting for it and I've been gone for several months. So I haven't paid in almost a year. And so people are probably thinking, oh my gosh, it's crazy. And it is a little bit, but it's fairly normal here. Like people pay. I was talking to a guy and he said, oh yeah, I have a, I know a guy who hasn't paid in like six years. <laughs> okay. That's a little bit long. Um, but I usually pay about every six months um, just to go in and pay it. But my bill for electricity now, I have been gone um, a lot and it was, I want to say like 65 euro for a year. And I, I like, I was here for part of it and not, and like it's so cheap and as you said with um 
like it taxes. I think here, because this is my second year here, um, and I haven't I don't I haven't had a tax bill yet, but I think it's very similar. The same. It's 100, 200 euro for the year. My monthly what um, we'd call condo fees or HOA is under 10 US dollars a month. And my mm -hmm. place is clean all the time. Like not not like like the the common areas in the building and and everything. So when I I go when I'm gone for months, people in North America and and back home in in Canada say, "Well, are you, are you renting your place? You're going to be gone for six months." And I said, "No." They're like, "Why not?" I'm like, "Because it costs me, like I don't know, twenty fifty dollars, not even like way less than fifty dollars a month to maintain. So I don't need to rent it." And like the, just the cost is so low. And I think a lot of times people don't realize that because the cost, like when I look at pricing in, in Canada of houses and just the HOA, as, as you said, a thousand dollars or sometimes more, sometimes a little bit less um, property taxes, everything like that's way more than you could get for a renting, like a beautiful ocean view three bedroom brand new place here would be less than than the taxes and HOA fees and things that um, not even including mortgage or anything else um mm -hmm. so it's it is pretty incredible with the price difference yeah but a big question that I know some people say because of the media and I'm not a fan of the media because they like their their scare tactics and keep everybody in fear but Mexico isn't safe so how do you answer that? And people are like, oh, you go to Mexico? Like, Mexico's not safe. That's bad. That's where all the criminals come from. <laughs> well, I love that question. Because <laughs> I mean, I cannot laugh at it, but I mean, like, I understand saying that from a point of innocence that you maybe mm -hmm. don't understand. And the media's job is to create that fear and that stress level to keep people just with that low vibration energy. And to me, I believe in energy so much. And if I feel that like somebody's trying to poke me to get me to react. I, I had to identify or take a minute to be like, okay, is this like a trigger that is my own trigger or is like some outside trigger that is trying to make me do whatever they want me to do? So to me, the media is interesting because they have their agenda. Uh, they're yeah. doing the, so it's a, it's a choice to plug into to that, uh, how do you call it? Rhetoric, you know, like to mm -hmm. that. The rhetoric, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or I call it propaganda, but people don't like it when I call it propaganda. But I'm like, every country has propaganda. Russia's got propaganda. Ukraine's got Canada, the United States. Like every country has their own propaganda. Yeah, they want to keep people within, right? Like, you don't, they want right. you to live in this Texas. If you realize how much, how different your life is from where you are right now, let's say Chicago, to where you can be, and you don't know that until you're like, I'm okay going through some fear of not knowing, but you know what? I'm going to do it anyways. And whatever happens, happens, you know, life is short, rather live a, a good life, a short, good life, or, uh, you know, if, if people want to imply the fear or like, a, I don't want to be a miserable long life. Like, I still don't know. I want to, I want to see what's out there. It's like stepping out of your comfort zone and be like, well, I, despite what you're telling, you know, me, media or people around me, I still want to do it because I mean, what's the worst that can happen? I'll still, you know, I don't want to stay here. Uh, or at least I want to explore. I'm very mm -hmm. like so those things didn't really get to me i'm like okay i don't care i mean like, there are more shootings in chicago right now than in mexico where i live so um, i'm like who's really in danger right now like are, yeah. i think more danger going to the mall here in chicago than uh -huh. being by the beach i mean like nobody cares what you're doing by the beach nobody's gonna come to you to you know like to shoot you in the beach they're like 
like people have hair guns so i don't know if that right that itself is maybe a red flag like where, where should you be fearful if you want to follow the propaganda where should you be like you know afraid for your life I, if i go to the mall i'll be like i have more risks that to getting shot than going to cancun or you know tulum because when you something happens there it gets amplified so much and it can be oh, like yes. a one-off right one-off and i cannot i cannot say that i don't i don't see it i don't leave it i mean i cannot ignore it but i'm not in the places that they might be you know there might be some some areas like in different states uh like chicago sometimes you don't go to certain areas because you know so it's kind of like preventing that and I'm not saying that like, it never happens, but just make sure, like I, what I say to my clients is like, make sure that you understand the, the you know, the cases that, that you're counting like this, a thousand versus two. And this is a dangerous one, right? I'm like, okay, why don't you go there and check it out? I had, nothing has happened to me. I had enough, I haven't felt a risk in any, anywhere I've been. I've been through all the peninsula, Rivera Maya and Merida. And Merida is one of the safest cities in Latin America. And when I'm there, I'm like, People are crazy for thinking that Mexico is dangerous. There might be some areas by the border, but right here, right now, where I am, my mom is safe. I can walk with her in the street. I can, you know, pull her wheel her wheelchair. It's accessible in most areas for like, you know, the sidewalks and everything. But um I feel safer there than sometimes in Chicago. So the fear factor is a game to me, like you know, to to most people. Yeah. Um if they want to buy into the propaganda or the um the fear media will you know igniting you that's okay like that's the life you're choosing to live in fear but if people get out of the comfort zone and into the adventure there's so many things outside these boundaries that you know that that is like crazy like day and night sometimes and when you realize that uh i'm like i should have done this before i mean like how how long why, why did i wait so long Everyone um, says that. Everyone I talk to, they said that they're always, by the time they do, and they go, why did I wait so long? I should have done this earlier. Yeah, and waiting until retirement age is crazy because there's so much remote work right now. There's so many ways to make money anywhere you are. The, the, the world is a global place today versus 20 years ago, right? Like today is possible. Oh. Mm-hmm. I can work from anywhere. And, and, I, and I kind of build my life into that pattern of like, if I want to go here, I'm going to make the way there. So I have to just figure out how, because if I can make money here, I can make money anywhere. It's just like how you, I think I put my mindset and be like, okay, mm-hmm. if I want to make this happen, okay, need this, 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 and then, and then put a plan together and just do it. But it's a choice. And, and then a little tiny jump into the risk of the adventure, because I think my coach is telling me, uh, anxiety and excitement are the same feeling. You just you choose where you take it, like the negative side or the positive. So instead of being, I'm anxious, I'm gonna be like, I'm excited. And it's the same feeling of like that, you know, like, so then you kind of take us in a different direction that the anxiety that some people can feel, especially in big cities. It's true. And it's it's interesting because I, I heard that saying not that long ago, I'll say probably within the last maybe six months, maybe not even that long, that yeah, that anxiety or nervousness and excitement are the exact same thing physically that's going on within our body. The only difference is when we're anxious or nervous, we're expecting a negative outcome. And when we're excited, we're expecting a positive outcome. So it's, it is our mindset as to which way or what, what we're thinking that the outcome may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's I, very interesting. We, you know, we can reroute our life that way. Mm-hmm. We can thinking our thoughts that way. 
and or and your whole you know perspective i i think the more people more people are like now open to hear uh what's in the other side you know like oh my god i'm stepping out of the boundaries <laughs> i'm gonna get electrocuted so it's like that feeling of um and i i do try to do a good job of sharing our lifestyle in a way because to me it's very impactful it impacted me so much to have my mom in a better place mm. because she sees the sun she's by the you know i can take her anytime to the beach uh she has a pool uh, where they are right now because she's taking care of 24 7 i pay a fraction of the price right now i can come and go to mexico a lot and it's not like um if i put her in a nursing home in, in chicago which is when I see some, I'm like, how come people live here is miserable? People come here to die. And right now where my mom is, she's in, she's in a resort, like, you know, in the tropical weather. And whether I'm there or not full time, she's I know she's taken care of. So I'm like, yeah, that's what I want for my mom. And I, I mean, like, if if you love your parents, they want, you want the best for them, right? Like this. Of course. This is my why and how I, why I do things and why I'm working so hard to make sure that I can facilitate a life that you know, my sister and my mom and I kind of like sustain. And, mm. and when, when I share some of my experiences there, you know, from, from the service to the people that take care of my mom, um, the uh, the heart sometimes that they do it from their heart, not for the money. I mean, money, mm. but it's different. Like, I feel like here, everybody's struggling in the US, people are struggling so much that you have to work for the money, no matter where it comes from, no matter how, you know, like and then the love we forget about love and because we're in a rush right when in mexico i feel my mom is like taking care of if she's like feeling a little down they're asking her you know if she's everything okay so because it's not about the time i'm counting how many hours i'm gonna be here it's more like she's gonna be here no matter what so let's make sure she's taken care of or we pay attention to her feelings and and then when we're when I'm down there with my sister, we like try to document almost everything because I'm like, oh, look at this beach. You know, you you can be here too because why wouldn't you want to be somewhere else? It's snowing in Chicago. Maybe you want to explore oh, a, little, <laughs> a little bit of the experience of outside of that comfort zone. And like you mentioned, coming coming uh, to Mexico as a vacation in vacation mode is totally different than when we're there. Our bills are so cheap. Our, I mean, our we buy, we bought our condom paid off in two years. So it's like in the U.S., I'm like pay, still paying for 30 years my condo, which is OK. You know, it's an investment for me. But over there where, you know, a fraction of the price pay it off. Uh-huh. There's no stress about, oh, my God, where, where is my next paycheck going to come from so I can pay for my mortgage? No, it's paid off. We're good. So- right. And then if things happen, even with work or something like that, there's not that stress of, oh, no, I just lost my job or I lost some clients or or anything like that. And there is definitely a great feeling of knowing kind of that no matter what this place is paid for and I'll be okay. And I find too, the big difference between um, countries a lot like North America is it really is, as you said, that money driven, it's all, all about money. And I get it to a degree. I mean, we need to make so much money. Things are getting ridiculously expensive in North America um, I was in Canada for several months and I just couldn't even believe the prices of stuff. Like it's, it's just insane. And so I understand people need to be making a lot of money just to get by, but it's nice when there isn't that need for as much money. And, and there isn't that 
such kind of like in your face where you need to buy stuff to make yourself happy, to make you the envy of your neighborhood or those types of things where other countries they're like, yeah, we make money, but we make what we need. We don't need a lot of things. Um, there aren't the commercials of buy stuff, buy, buy, buy. And don't worry if you don't have it, don't have money for it. Visa's got you covered because that makes sense to go into debt to buy something that's going to cost you 20% more per year. Um, and, and they just are happier with less yeah. because it's, it's, it's proven that, you know, like material things don't make us happy. Uh, I think a hundred percent agree. It's, it's like experience based instead of mm -hmm. real based. And maybe we don't get to that point until later on in our lives and we don't get it right. My twenties were very like a blur. You know, like work, 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 study, 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 make money, and then my mom got sick, and I'm like, oh, shit. then I have to figure that out too. So I didn't have a life in the 20s. I'm 39 now, and I feel like I'm so glad that everything happened like I felt crazy for a reason at the beginning, because now I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I can, I can float, <laughs> because if this happened right now, perhaps I wouldn't be prepared, uh, because right. I, to me it's like, no, not calling failing, but fail fast, learn fast, move on, next, next lesson. But if I'm mm -hmm. gonna learning a lesson for so long and you know and then that's what I say like I my life happened for a reason in this way I was like a pressure cooker in my 20s to just be mm -hmm. an and just finding a solution for peace I think internal peace in my 30s and I think right now what I'm working towards is how can I live a life of retirement without being retired and having that peace and quiet if the place is paid off I mean I would, I would have to make four thousand five thousand dollars a month it's more like if we make 500 between my sister and I, which is very possible, I can't even be a waitress for $500 a month. But I'm, I mean, of course, we, we want to aim higher. But even that um, fixed cost is like that peace of mind mm -hmm. that I have, like even that, you know, settle, being settled and being, being comfortable and not needing that much and buying to show off to people that you don't even like. <laughs> so it's like, why, why, why will I do that? Like, if I don't even like them, why am I, why am I sharing or showing off? I, I found a big difference when I moved to Mexico. Uh, and I'm, I spend there like six months a year almost uh, coming and going for all. I mean, summer is really hot, but I don't mind the heat. But winter I do spend between US and Europe for, for what I work, for my work. But that's where I get the best of both worlds. I, mm -hmm. I can plug into Chicago. I love Chicago still. Like it's a big, beautiful city. I plug in, meet my team, meet my neighbors, meet my clients, and I keep the network, and then I leave. And they're like, oh, are you leaving? So again, I'm like, yeah, you should come too. And little by little, people are like, you know what? I'm coming. <laughs> oh, God. That's and nice. Like to visit, uh, and some of my realtors in my team, I'm like, you should come just to check it out. And don't don't stay in a resort. Come and stay with me. So you can experience, you know, the everyday, like what do we do? How do we do grocery shopping in the area? And how the logistics? So last year, um, I had a group of maybe six people that came through different, a couple of months, like every two weeks, I had somebody new. But to me, it was kind of changing the mindset and the the perspective that how, I mean, the initial intention was like, hey, you explore this area so you can recommend it to your clients and maybe send some referrals this way. And when they came, they're like, I want to live here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell my clients too, but I, I want to get a little piece of this paradise if I can. And they didn't know how. So that's when we started the process on the teaching the how. So just, just, I think it starts with very little. We're going to change the whole world, you know, in one in one take. 
but we can change one person's lives at a time. And to me, this is very important to just put a little seed in somebody to be like, hey, you see friend. Uh-huh. I know that you're here. They want to come back now this year. And I'm getting ready for to for three months to be, you know, taking more guests, people, team members. And because I think it starts with, with me. If I have the space, I can host somebody. Uh, you know, that that sharing of that lifestyle. Because they don't want to come on their own. And, uh, and they don't want to go and be alone in one area. But if somebody already kind of planted the, the flag, it's like, hey, anybody, you know, in this we're in this area. And then we're building a community, sometimes with expats, locals, people from around the world. And it starts with one person. And then and then as people see the lifestyle, they can see the difference of day and night. They're like, you know what? And I have many of my friends that are realtors that bought next to me, <laughs> bought land. They're like, I don't nice. want to. I don't want to build right now. I don't know how to do it, but I trust you. And and I'm like, yeah, I mean, what is it? I mean, I don't see my my long-term goal is like see our community there. That we have like uh-huh. our mindset or that we stand for the same values and I want to, you know, breathe air, not stress. And I think every human being will have the right should have the right to do that. But unfortunately, we don't because we don't know. And then so we and we don't want to take the risk either. So it's hard to. I'm not trying to transform the world, but just one person at a time who wants to experience life in a different way. I'm like, oh, let me show you. <laughs> like, and I'm I'm the same way with that as well. And and I agree. I mean, you know, there, there's that that old saying. Um, was it you? You can bring a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So we can tell people, tell people, tell people, and if they don't want to, they they just don't want to. But sometimes it is, it's planting that seed or if it's, well, this is where I am. If you want to come visit me, come see me. Like I'm doing great, you know, come and I can show you around. And that a lot of times just that little bit helps because we're like, oh, well, she's there. She's doing it. She's, you know, traveling back and forth or or whatever has moved there, whatever the person situation may be. And once other people start to come, they start to see the reality of it, what real life is like, what's going on in that um, city or that neighborhood more specifically. Um, and then it goes from there. And sometimes it's not going to be for everyone. And that's great. But even sometimes too, when people just come and they visit and they see, and it just, it changes that perspective. And and that has a ripple effect to people that we don't even know because you know, somebody comes to visit me or they come to visit you or for one of the listeners, if, you know, they've already moved abroad and they have a family member or a friend or somebody and they come to visit and then they see what place is like when they go back home, people ask, oh, how was it? Right. And then it spreads that and it has that ripple effect so that we truly have no idea how far those ripples ever go. And then from there, of those people who hear about it, then go to that place. And again, it, it continues. So it is, it is important, I think, to, to plant seeds, to help people to kind of sometimes hold that hand because the the biggest fear is the unknown, right? Yeah. Like what, if, what if it's bad? What if it's terrible? What if something bad happens? And, and our brain, it's, it's good in so many ways because it wants to protect us right? Mm-hmm. The brain is like, don't do that. Like we want to live. We want to protect you. We don't want bad things to happen, which is great to a degree, but then it also hinders us from doing so many wonderful and great things because it makes us scared to do things. And then after, as you said earlier, so many people, why didn't I do this sooner? Mm-hmm. And and the funny thing is that people think they need millions of dollars to do this. Oh, and, yes. 
And I was like, mm -mm. I'm, I'm a regular person in the US, middle class, you know, no, I'm not a millionaire. And it, my career paid really well, but right now I'm, on, I'm independent. And if I'm able to do that, you know, with a salary that is pretty normal, not above 200,000, you know, it's not like I don't have to be rich to do this, first mm. of all. Maybe because we see it on TV that only the rich people have their vacation homes by the water. I'm like, oh, I'm not rich, so I cannot do it. I think, wrong. <laughs> you can do it because. It's like, it's not, first, it's not the money. It's like, if you want to do it, you want to make it happen. So if you, it has to be like a choice. So first start with like, if you believe you can do it, you can do it. And you find a way to do it. Because if if that's a goal, you're going to do everything that you can to do that, to reach that goal. And many people are like, but how do you do it? You know, like you have your place here in Chicago. Now you have a place in Mexico. And how much money do you make? I'm like, well, maybe about the same money that you do, probably. But I just kind of repurpose it in a different way. Because it's not about the money that you make, how you spend it, that I think makes Absolutely. the biggest way. <laughs> so if people are spending it ridiculously in little things that don't matter, but maybe you're missing out that opportunity that maybe $500 a month can get you somewhere in four to five years. So if you're like draining $500 already, you can put that towards you know your future home and then just put a little savings and starts with that. And the intention and the know-how, of course, before you spend all your money into something that is abroad, you have to have the right team, the right people that you trust to do those steps because it's money, heart, your heart and money, you know, can also be, because the risks are there too for other countries. You have to be very careful where you go. But it's mostly about the compliance and being with a good team. If you're with, with the right team that protects your interest, uh, you're good. But if you're going to go with a random person in the street that is a real estate agent that you don't know them personally, you might be a little hard to trust them. And maybe you're, you know, money might not go fully to whatever you want it to go. So that's the, the risk is just finding the right resources and the right channels and then make the decision that you want to do it. And the rest is going to fall into place because it's just the intention. So yeah, I'm not a millionaire, full disclosure. I am, I'm okay. I work for my money and I, I, you know, I work every day for what we have right now. And it's not, it's not expensive. I think if anything is cheaper, <laughs> if I work for dollars and I spend in pesos. So I'm like, why would I? spend dollars and spending dollars. I don't think it makes sense. Right. That, and no, that, that makes sense. I mean, we really have to think, let's be honest, people waste a lot of money. Now there are some people that, that don't, but generally speaking, um, a lot of people do waste a lot of money. Like we have to think about need versus want. What we need is not even close to what we want, but we'll say need, Oh, I need a new pair of shoes. Do you really like, do you really, or, oh, I need, I need to go get coffee, whether it's Starbucks or McDonald's coffee or eating out. I mean, I don't, fast food is not even cheap anymore, you know? And it's like what need versus want that's completely different. I'm saying, don't, I'm not saying don't ever treat yourself, but you have to think about like, what are your goals? If you want a second property or to relocate to another country that's less expensive, what do you truly need versus what you want? And then again, when you get to that country, you're looking at property. It doesn't matter how much money you have. There's always going to be something that's nicer, bigger, and better. So whether you buy a place for, let's say if you find something, maybe a small one bedroom or something for $75,000, I don't know if that's possible there, 100,000, like what, whatever that number mark is, it doesn't matter because there's always 150. There's always a million. There's always 2 million. There's 10 million. There's 
Like it, it doesn't matter. So it has to be really, what do you need versus what do you want? And then, as you said, like there's a way it's, it's spending. How, do, how are we allocating that money? What are we spending it on? Because what we're spending it on, that's, that's what we want. And if you really want a different lifestyle, um, a different home to live in a different place, I always say to everybody, when there's a will, there's a way. But it just depends if there's a will. It's the same thing of many people th at some point in our life have always said, oh, I'd like to lose five pounds. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you would like to, but not so much that you're going to actually go to the gym and not eat chocolate cake and do what you need to do yeah. to have it. So yeah, I get it a lot too. Oh, it would be nice to, I would, I would like to travel abroad. I would like to move to abroad. I would like to do this. And I'm like, well, then do it. Oh, well, I have a job. So do I, oh, well, I have kids. Yep. So did I. The first, when I first moved, my daughter was a teenager. Oh, well, I mean, I'm like, yes, I run my own company. Yes. I am an employee. I'll have to leave that job. I'm like, after, and I'm like, and, 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 and then there's no more excuses. Yeah. I think it starts with a transition, right? You don't have to jump cold, you know, cold turkey, like they said. Uh, right. Like if you had to make a decision, you can make a plan for four years, per maybe you know, until your kids are from mm. you know, ages to to college. But if you don't start, right. now, you're never gonna start. And when you start like later on, then you're like, oh no, then this like excuses, right? Like we're gonna keep pushing the, the timeline. Um, There's always something. Yeah, like okay. I, I've talked to people. It's like, oh, you know, well, I'll wait till the kids are in in college, and then they go. But maybe the one still a local college or university still living at home, or oh, and then all of a sudden now there's grandkids, and oh, now my parents are are getting to oh, now like, and not that those aren't aren't reasons, like they they are, but they're also excuses. Yeah, like there's millions of people who have moved around the world who have businesses, who have kids, who have family. We all have family somewhere. Now, whether we talk to them or not and how much that varies too. We all have friends in our home countries. Like we have those things and it just depends. Like a, a person really needs to be honest with themselves. What do they want? What is their priorities in life? And realize, would that be a nice to have if it was easy and served to me on a silver platter? Or is this what I want? And I'm willing to start the process now, even though I know it's it's something I want in three years, five years down the road or sooner if that's what it is and and have a plan and take those steps and realize just because you get one place now, you're not stuck in that place or that country for that matter. You could just buy something smaller and say, okay, well, at least I have this. And then when I'm there, if I'm still making a similar wage, if you're self-employed, then I'm saving so much money that in three years or five years, perhaps I can buy something bigger, nicer, or another place, whatever it may be. Yeah, I, I feel like, uh, I, I mean, I, I love my people in the U.S., but I feel like they don't, I mean, like, we live in a bubble here, right? And mm -hmm. it's a bubble for, for what it is. Um, There's also poverty, but not to the extent that other countries have. But I don't, I hear some parents, my, my kids are in school, and I'm like, what makes you think that now schools in other countries? <laughs> like, and some of them might be better schools, just yeah. saying. From experience, I'll share that when I shift from the U.S., uh, from the from Peru education to the U.S. education, I felt like I was in college level and I was maybe coming out of high school. Like high, the, the intensity that Peruvians, my, my, my high school had, I think was college level and I was in high school. For the math and all the things that they were requiring from us, I was like, I came to the U.S. and it was a breeze to go to school. It was very easy. And the math, I was like, I think I did this in like when I was in 
high school, but I did it, did it anyways. But university here was very easy for me in the U.S. because I came from the you know like like I'm very competitive um, high school. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean that there are no high schools out there. There's no elementary schools. My friend moved from LA to to Playa with her daughter, and I think she's six or seven. And this she goes to a, a school like in the same community that she's in, and uh, it's a I think American slash Mexican school. So English is spoken. Uh, so she she didn't feel that drop and she can make friends from other places and the diversity and the richness that kids have abroad, it, it cannot be replaced from, you know, a US suburb. Like it's too protected. You're seeing a cookie cutter approach education that has no diversity much, maybe just a little bit, it depends on each school. So if that's a goal for your, you know, that how you want to raise your kids, that's perfectly fine. But sometimes thinking outside the box, having your kids seeing more of the little of the world will make that kid a stronger person, a leader where they are, and you know, versus just being one more, in my in my opinion. But I don't have kids like to share with you like, oh, this should be this or that way. But I see my friends with kids moving and and they love it. Because first of all, they have a nanny. And in the US that you cannot have a nanny that is working full time because you have to work extra for your nanny. So they have a life too. So my girlfriend is single. So her daughter stays with the nanny and she can just live her life freely instead of like struggling, let's say Chicago, LA, New York, in those big cities that you have to pay a nanny for two hours and you have to run to your, let's say to your date, come back. Oh my God, my nanny's leaving. And I'm like, what kind of life is that? Like <laughs> if my, my child is taken care of, then I can live my life fully as a parent, single parent, married parent, and, and maybe the the couple, if they're a couple, they have more time to breathe because you have help in the house, helping you with the kids, maybe the laundry, the little things that I didn't see this until I went to to India and Morocco this year. And okay. and even though in Peru we grew up with some help in the house, in the US I, I totally don't even consider having help in the house unless it's only for my mom. When I went to India and Dubai, um, India and Morocco, uh, they have service in the house. And I was like, oh my God, that's, that's so cool. And I love this experience because, you know, back uh, in the US, we can't have that. And they're middle-class, no rich, wealthy, wealthy people, but they're helping another family pay for their bills too, because the lady who works in the house is, you're helping them to, to create that economy. And then it's like, yeah, they may be just your cook or your maid, but you're helping their, their family also grow. And if we don't think it that way, you know, it's it's hard to be like, oh no, I don't need anybody to help me in the house because I can do everything and I'm a superwoman. And oh, yes. <laughs> and I was like, well, I became a superwoman in Morocco because where I stayed there for a month, uh, my my friend's parents' house, they had two mates and a cook. And I was like, oh my God. And I was trying always to help and make up for, you know, for my time. And then I, of course, I don't want people to serve me, but they were so ha happy to help me. And I was able to just work like 16 hours a day because then I had to work on meal preparation and I didn't have to do I didn't have to get out of my time like I was full focus and I was like took a break downstairs hang out with them talk about life on my google translator and then come back to my work and then when I live that life for a month I'm like oh my god I need to implement this <laughs> in the next place that I go and in Mexico we're going to because my mom is kind of our own it's like my child so I provide uh -huh. for her so when she's home I do have the person to take care of her so is that breath I just don't even understand how people don't see it. I mean, at least I, I felt it this summer. Like I felt very loved. I was like, they, they genuinely want to help me with my meal or help me with my clothes. 
or my laundry, or then when I make sure my room is clean, and my room is always clean, but they still clean it. <laughs> I was like, thank you, like that appreciation. And I'm like, I feel so lucky right now. Like this experience it cannot be translated to words and it cannot be translated to how we live in the US in the rat race because we cannot breathe enough. We cannot breathe to live that. So I was like, right. I, boy, they understand the breath of fresh air of time, freedom. <laughs> it's like, wow, I will change my life like right now. It's it's true. And I, I think sometimes, I mean, a, a bad thing is is kind of, as you said, I can do it all. Yes, we can. I can do it all. Absolutely. Do I want to? No, I've, I'm done doing it all. Like I've proved that point for many, many years. It's I, I'm tired of it. But a lot of times, too, like you said, people may not realize. And, and it is different because expense in, in North America, Canada and the U.S. Um, is more expensive to have somebody come in and help clean and cook and things like that. But you're right that when we when we look at other countries, it is more feasible that we can afford to do it. And we are helping more because, like you said, those families that are there during the day helping, doing cooking, cleaning, laundry, whatever else. Then because I had a lady come in a couple of times a week when I was living in Costa Rica and it was great. She would cook, she would clean, she would take care of things and I would work. It gave me more time to work so I didn't have to do the cooking and cleaning so I could work. And so I was making money while she was doing that. And then of course, paying her helped her family buy food and pay their bills and and live and and everything like that too. So a a lot of times we need to see it as more um, of of a cycle type thing, like what we get. So I'm working great. I'm making money. If I can have other people do things that help me, great, but I also help them by paying them for that. And it's a continuation of flow because then it helps them. It helps their kids when they buy groceries, whatever store they're buying their own personal things for. And it really does spread out around the community instead of just, oh, I don't want to pay somebody to do that. I can just do it myself. Yes, we can do everything ourselves, but then we also have to look at the time. We only have so many hours in a day, so many days in our life, and we don't know how many we have. But then also it's it's the money as well. Okay, I'm, can I make more money? Then it costs me to do that task. Or how much more freedom do I have of going for a walk, going to the gym, going out on a date? Because as you said with your, your friend, um, if she goes out on a date and she's happier, like a date with the girls for, for lunch, like whatever it may be, and she comes home and she's happy and in a good mood and things are good, she's a better mom. And when couples are, are parents and they go out and they have time to spend together and they can do things together away from the kids and the house and things like that, they're happier together. They're better parents. Yeah. That, that pause is like meditation, right? Like that, taking that time off to come mm-hmm. back more strength. And, 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 and then I think that vibration of being happier and making your kids happier or your spouse or yourself is just like something we take for granted because I feel in the U.S. we feel that we don't deserve it or it's too much or it's a stigma to have that or it's reserved for the rich. So I think we can have a rich life without having a rich wallet, although money in the bank helps. We can have a rich life right now. And I think that's that's why I share with everybody, like I live a full rich life and I love it. Like I wouldn't change my life for anything. And even though it's been really hard, now I know what hard is. So I don't want that. <laughs> so because well, you of- have to know it to appreciate the the better. Like I think we, you know, we 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 can't appreciate happy if we don't know sad. Yeah, exactly. The duality, right? right? So, yes. Yeah. But I'd rather be way more happy and have 
only a few sad moments. Yeah. But that is life. I mean, life has hard moments and stuff. So, so let's talk a little bit about what you do and how you help people. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> uh, well, what I do is uh, I try to impact people's lives through real estate. And it doesn't mean uh, at one place. Mexico is my example because I live it and breathe it every every year. But uh, I I do I I'm a like you we're kind of in the same field. We do consulting for clients to think outside the box and explore other countries for real estate. In in my case, um, my company is called Unicorn Properties, as you mentioned, and we're affiliated to EXP, which is our kind of back office. And EXP is global, and we can operate in twenty four countries. Um, which I can share later in or you can see in our social media and our network is like you said it's 80 almost 90,000 agents so we can find a property for our clients anywhere they decide to 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 be so it can be Mexico Colombia Spain Portugal whatever they're like oh you know I'm curious and then we start the process of the curiosity and see like how is your life right now what can you allocate as a spare budget perhaps and then work towards the life that you want to have if you're not, I mean, like, if you're happy, you can always be happier. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if you, you and that, you know, curi- yeah, that curiosity is like, you know, staying like childlike mode of exploring, mm-hmm. experimenting. So uh, I, I, I like try to aim for locations that are more eco-friendly or with more nature, whatever nature means for that person, beach, mountains, you know, forest, uh, whatever that's a preference to me is beach 100% of the time. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Uh, my, my sister is more like I love the mountains. I love hiking. I'm like I can't do that for the and I can't. Yeah, yeah. I love that too. I like both. So I like where I'm at because I'm ten minute walk from the beach, and every time I walk back towards my apartment, I'm surrounded by mountains. So I've got a pretty, but it's a pretty good spot. It does get still a little bit chilly in the winter, but not nothing like Canada cold. So I can't complain. Yes, I love that because you're doing what you love from where you love it. So it's kind of having that flow of like energy. And whatever your heart feels, and we translate it to real estate because we're not just a company. It's more like we want to see what you really like, love and want, and how we can hold your hand to, to that path, whatever that is in the world. So just having that curiosity—that's that's what we do. We poke people's interest, and then to explore more outside of their four walls and outside of their comfort zone sometimes. So we work with mindsets, uh, and we work with real estate. We work with spirituality Perfect. and understanding all that where you come from what you want what do you truly want because one thing is what you say and one thing is what you feel so perhaps it's not connecting so having this mindset when it comes to real estate is important because a realtor will just sell you whatever that you want and they don't even know they don't care they just want the commission next 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 For you're, you're spending how much okay you want what on a list uh, i'll see what i can find you oh yeah i'll, I'll show you things more above that price because i'm okay. sure you can you, you have more yeah, so we don't want to strangle our clients, you know. We go with what they have, what they can spare, and if if the direction is where they want to go. So yeah, we help on that process, and he's being real estate our tool, and we do have a lot of technology, AI, and everything integrated for our clients to be, you know, taken care of on the process for the technical part. But we do soft and hard skills, right? Like we had, we we work on our, all our property database, making sure that it's liable and legal friendly, and we work on them you know, spiritual mindset in a way, whether they're spiritual or not, they're religious or not, we just want to hear them as human beings instead of as a client that has a dollar sign in their heads, you know, that's it. (laughs) It's it's important, um, as you said, uh, especially with international property, because when you're not in a place very much and we don't know what 
builders are known to get jobs done and which ones maybe not so much or they're new, it's their first build or, you know, the internet is great. And, you know, just because it's on the internet doesn't mean that house, apartment building complex actually exists. So <laughs> you can contact them and there will be somebody that's answering that email message, phone call even, but doesn't necessarily mean that that property is actually there. And so it is very important with international purchases to be working with reputable people and, um, you know, of course, going to visit as much as possible, but understanding there's an expense with that. So just knowing ahead of time, it's these are reputable people, not just, oh, I, I saw this on Instagram or, oh, I, I saw this ad on Facebook because anybody can put an ad on any platform and it doesn't mean that properties is even built. It doesn't mean that the person actually owns the property and has the right to sell it um, or, or anything like that. And then that goes on to rentals too. Um, I warn people often, even with Spain, um, there's several things that, and I've seen it that if they say, oh yeah, you know, things are moving real fast. You need to send your deposit right away. I'm like, that's a scam. Mm -hmm. It's a scam because- yeah. And there are, there have been times where people have actually shown up at a property to show it and they didn't have the legal right to rent that property to someone else. I heard that in Spain a lot too. Um, but I'm glad you say that because we don't want to scare people, but there's those risks. And I, I would rather make people a little bit nervous on that end. So they do extra due diligence than give oh, even $500 as a deposit and it's just gone. Like, I don't want that to happen to people. Yeah, I mean, the U.S. and Canada is super regulated, so mm -hmm. we're in trouble. So everything is in the system. Everything is it has an, a pink number. But uh, you step out of those boundaries, and you're in the wild, wild west. But not because it is, but because people have made it. We human beings want to take advantage. You know, our human nature will come into place, and me first, selfishness, and I will sell you whatever. But um, I feel that... Uh, yeah, once you get out of the bubble, North America, be aware that that's possible. We, I'm Latin America is very common for us in my country. People sell this land to seven different people. They collect the money and they're like, oh, the, you guys figure out. <laughs> and, and imagine litigating in a country that you don't know the law, you don't know the language, you don't know the, what the, I mean, like it, it just becomes a mess. So mm -hmm. just that, you know, level of awareness is really important working with people like you, like me in a way to just, we, we don't want to scam people. We want to make sure that they're safe as much as we can provide because sometimes we, we, we kind of put our hands on fire for a development that we know, but we don't know fully 100%. But that's what I, I try to work with uh, developers that we know, we validate it. Around, in all the countries that I'm in, I physically go there in person to explore, to see, to feel, to breathe, like what's happening. Um, because then when you're there, physically you can see and read in between the lines. So... Yeah. Many of the posts that you see online, it can be somebody in Miami, it can be somebody in Mexico that posts the ad, and then bye, and then bye bye. I thanks for the deposit. So there, there's a risk, and at least for me, it's very important to do the homework, not only on with our network, but also me going there physically, I spend a month in each country to explore deeply, understand fully, and translate that to our clients in whatever, not only the language, but also the the terms we use. Let's say in the US versus other countries, you know, how it kind of is equivalent. So that the homework is not easy and it takes a lot of time. And 
Other people want to save time, they want to do the homework, so then the clients will be affected. So in, for the most part, we try to do, like, with every single person that we work with in our list of developers, uh, validate almost, like, from A to Z. From the legal part to, you know, if they're owners of that, if they have the rights and they have the permits, because otherwise, if they don't have, they have everything ready to go, but they don't have the permits, well, your project that was aimed for January 2024 might be January 2025, and you were planning already your move, so very important to keep that in mind well and i even know of one when i was looking here in montenegro and my realtor was showing me a bunch of places and we drove by and i'm like oh those are nice like i, I knew i wasn't going to look at them um but I, they were just talking about i'm like oh those are really nice the big for sale sign she's like yeah those are probably going to have to be torn down i said what <laughs> she said well they built them without the proper permits um and there were some, they were too close to the road, something she's like, so if anybody buys them, there's a, a very good chance that it, it's just going to be ripped down. And there was other ones. She's like, oh yeah, those, oh yeah, they don't have water. I think like, what? She's like, <laughs> yeah, they, you know, they were built, but they, those, those don't have water. So, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, exactly. good things to know. And I mean, and these, these places were beautiful. Like I didn't see the insides, but outside, like beautiful. And, and we're talking probably hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like these were not small, cheap little shacks. These were built beautifully on the outside. Don't know what, like I said, I, I didn't go on the inside. Um, but yeah, and they were just hoping to, I guess, that it would be, oh, we'll get the permits. Oh, we'll get the water. Oh, it'll be fine. Like, what is that saying? Um, it's easier to beg for forgiveness than get permission. Yeah. Or, or something so it's like build it and hopefully they'll grandfather it in and and then say it's okay um, I don't know what's happened with those but yeah and no no I I, I it resonates because I just, I just had a conversation with one of our realtors in um, Valencia and he was just saying just that the road you know like that litigation that it can be grandfather in, but you don't know. <laughs> so imagine. And do you want to take that and, and be like, oh shit, bye. <laughs> you can't, yeah. you know, take it down. So yeah, and then all of a sudden now you're left with nothing and you've spent yeah. tens, hundreds of thousands of of euros or dollars. So it, it is really important for, for people to be working with reputable companies. So where can people get a hold of you? What's the best way to get in touch with you if they're, you know, kind of, even if they're just curious, they're unsure, or they're thinking, yeah, I really, I want to figure out, I really want something somewhere, or maybe they have a place in mind that they're like, I've narrowed it down, and this is the country, or even more specifically, this is the city. How can they get in touch with you? Um, social media, and usually I always have my WhatsApp link everywhere I am. So social media, Facebook, Instagram. And we'll happily help, uh, you know, going from the curiosity to, to the knowledge part. And also, I mean, this is what we do for many of our clients. Uh, they're in the process of curiosity and they send us links and, for, you know, screenshots. And we're like, we'll validate that for you because we can get into the city and validate that physically we have somebody there. Because, yeah, trust, see the online world, but then let, let's make sure that is, um, it's a real thing <laughs> because mm. I think one of one of the times just to close it um uh, one of my clients from canada too sent me this screenshot and this like development and he's like i'm like let me check it out we check it out and the office was in a laundromat of the like they had a laundromat as an office address and i'm like sir uh you might want to reconsider this search because they don't have an office and that might not be if that start it starts with that imagine you know 
the problem is coming up later. So we're happy to help with our clients if they're in the curiosity stage to verify those, to make sure they don't get um, cited. You know, we can always do some things, you know, right, but um, just work with the right teams. Hope, happy to help you. Yeah, and I'll make sure that uh, we put all of those links to your social media in the show notes to make it easy for everybody to get in touch with you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Was- so, thank you so much. It was great. And I know the listeners got a lot of valuable information. And I just want to say thank you again for your time. Thank you, Sally. It was always nice talking to you.